research methods. Hello and welcome to the Research Methods Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eugene Bogristov. Hello and welcome to our new episode in our mini-series on biases on the side of the researchers, which is a part of the series of episodes on biases in research. Today we are going to talk about the culture bias. As you probably know, a culture has impact on the way we behave, on the way we perceive different things, and it has impact on the way we act. Culture bias is one of those biases which are relevant for your research, especially if you run a survey using the questionnaire. It can happen that some of the questions which you formulate in your questionnaire might not fit or might not be understood correctly or might not be well understood. One of the examples in this regard is the burnout inventory, and we have two of them which we usually use. It is either the Maslach burnout inventory MBI or I prefer to use the Copenhagen burnout inventory. If you look at the description why the Copenhagen burnout inventory was developed in the paper by Christensen and colleagues, they write that there were several reasons and one of them was that some of the items from the Maslach burnout inventory are not fitting the European reality. If you read through the items of the Maslach Burnout Inventory, you will notice that some of them might sound strange for the Europeans. For example, the item I feel I am positively influencing other people's lives through my work sounds very American. For this reason, they developed a Copenhagen Burnout Inventory with questions which are more likely to occur normal in the European culture. I can give you another example from the Relational Models Theory by Alan Fisk. Uh, You can find it in his paper in 1991 or 1992. In this work, Professor Fisk says that there are four relational models which we usually use in our lives. And one of these models is the market pricing. We all use this model, but those who are from Europe, especially from Eastern Europe, we use this model more seldom than other models. That is why if I ask questions related to the market pricing model of relationships, then many people, especially in Ukraine, they perceive them as weird. If I use the questionnaire by Alan Fisk and Nick Haslam from their paper in 2004, I think, it was the confirmatory factor analysis for the relational model theory, then I have a problem if I analyze different relationships in Ukraine. For instance, if I look at a relationship within the team and I ask you a question or I make a statement, your interaction is strictly rational, you each calculate what your payoffs are and act accordingly, or if I make the statement one of you often pays to the other to do something, it sounds a little bit strange for Ukrainians. And I think the same would apply for the US Americans if I ask them the questions or if I do the statements from the questionnaire which relate to the communal sharing model. You should take it into account if you develop your own questionnaire. Think about for whom you are making this questionnaire and if it is a European questionnaire then also use the items which are typical for Europe and look at those which are not typical, pre-test them to see whether they sound weird or not weird. 
you have to always take care because it is very hard to make a comparative study if you would like to run the same questionnaire in the US and in Europe and you can adjust use for the US the Maslach Burnett Inventory and for the Europe Copenhagen Burnett Inventory because they have not only different items, they have also different logics behind them and they have different dimensions based on which they conceptualize burnout. Anyway, if you develop a questionnaire, be very careful because of the culture bias. Be also careful about how you interpret the question. And I'm also going to give you another example, which may sound weird for those who are English native speakers. When I translated one of the questionnaires, there was the one of the words which I translated as coerce, which actually was persuade, because coerce has a slightly negative meaning. But for Germany, überzeugen has rather the neutral meaning. That is why it can be translated both as persuade and coerce. And I just used the word coerce, which caused an interesting effect that those Germans who participated in the questionnaire, they didn't notice that it was a negative item, as I didn't. But those who were native speakers, also students at the European University Vietrina, they had problems uh, and they didn't want to answer the question because it had a slightly negative meaning. And, as you can imagine, when I ran my confirmatory factor analysis, this item didn't play, because it was like 50-50, those people who knew the negative meaning of the word, they rated it differently than those who didn't know it. Uh, so much so good for the culture bias, take it into account and remember that we all come from different cultures, we all have different backgrounds, you cannot eliminate this bias completely, but you can do your best in order to minimize the impact of this bias on your research. Thank you, I hope it was helpful, wish you good luck with your research and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.